this is a B-B-O-E mini-sode or mini-session. Critical Race Relationship Justice Theory 101. My last full session was published on June 25th, 2020. During the first bubbling of what came to be called the George Floyd protest, although we know it was about a lot more than that. It was about Ahmaud, Tatiana, Brianna, Botham, Stefan, Jordan, Philando, Sandra, Freddie, and dozens of other unarmed or non-threatening black men, women, and children murdered by police or a racist with a gun. We learned that Jada has a relationship with August Alsina while married to Will. Athletes everywhere took knees. Tory Lane shot Meg the Stallion. Chadwick Boseman died. DMX shocked G. There was an election scandal, a COVID second wave, three vaccines to combat COVID. Trump lost his second election. Biden won. The first black person and woman became the vice president of the United States. The Capitol was stormed. Trump was impeached again. Mass shootings picked back up. Voter restriction laws have been passed in several Republican states. Derek Chauvin was convicted of George Floyd's murder. Sam Wilson became Captain America. Africans hold three of the UFC title belts. Critical race theory is being introduced. Qualified immunity is on the chopping block. Cities across the country are actually defunding the police. Unarmed black men continue to be killed by cops. Bobby Schmurder was released from prison. Serena Williams bleached her skin. And after all of that, black people are arguing over Kevin Samuels. I had never heard of Kevin Samuels up until two weeks ago. One of my mentees texted to ask me if I know of him and wanted my advice on some of the things that he was saying. I had never heard of him. He told me some of the things he said, and I thought immediately it sounded ridiculous. It sounded a lot like some of the new age, uh, very chauvinistic, male-centered uh, literature and thought that was coming out like the rational male, the 3% male the incel sort of theory that was coming up. It sounded a lot like that to me. So I did look more into Kevin Samuels. I looked at the Joe Budden podcast and I watched all the clickbaity stuff that's on YouTube and Instagram with people cheering on how he's catch, catching women in their unaccountability and measuring them by how pretty they are, putting them on the scale and telling them that they're average at best. I also listened to several long-form interviews and panels that he was on, just to kind of get a gist of uh, what's going on. And after all of that, about a week of that, maybe a week and a half, I must say I get it. I get not necessarily what Kevin Samuels has to say. I get why men and women alike are interested in what he has to say. Since the European invasion, occupation, and colonization 
that caused the Ma'afa, our Holocaust, black people have had to struggle toward oneness. And since the civil rights movement fighting racism with education, vigilance, and education has become a preoccupation. What am I? I'm sorry. I, I misspoke. Fighting rate. Yeah, I, I, no, I said it right. I guess fighting racism. I don't know what I wrote here. Why did I write this little note here? But basically what I'm trying to say is that fighting racism and getting and being educated it will become has has been a preoccupation of ours. Seeking to pick up the pieces of being black in is quite ironically in the United States. Uh, we've studied intersectionality, womanism, reparations, economy, politics, misogyny, colorism, immigration, political parties, critical race, and legal theory, lesbian, gay, bi, trans, queer issues, gender wage gaps, health, gentrification, crack, mass incarceration, police brutality, media representation. Meanwhile, we have spent little time working on cis black heterosexual love, family, and parenting. There aren't many books that you can find, certainly not mainstream, that really tell black people, cis black people, cis heterosexual black people, how to mend each other to get back together again. With the exception of religious adherence, religious groups in the black church, the nation of Islam, for example, and the uh, the sort of short-lived attempt by Shaharazad Ali, am I saying her name right? Mending home, black fathers and black mothers have sort of been pushed to the back burner. With all this fighting, we've forgotten how to love each other, how to be vulnerable, tender, sweet, and kind because it has become all about the hustle and the grind. And we've replaced a part of our community with an activism. So I completely understand why Kevin Samuels would be so appealing. Correct me if I'm wrong, but up until now, I haven't heard those issues, that particular issue, how to bring healing and togetherness and oneness back to black, cis, heterosexual relationships with such a hipness to it, a non-secular, a non-religiosity to it, giving people practical solutions. I do think it is still embedded in conservatism and patriarchy. And I'll add to that a traditional family style, if you will. But the truth is, by and large, black Americans tend to be traditional and conservative. So I, the appeal of Kevin Samuels is that he is actually meeting black Americans men and women where they're where they are politically socially financially and attempting to address their issues to help them resolve their issues or accept certain issues 
in order to form union, a lasting union. I will. I don't. Uh, I would say that's it. That's pretty much it. Where he's coming from. He gets a lot of backlash, and rightly so. I do think that some of his studies are wrong and wrongly represented. Um, for example, he says that the color purple and movies like that did a lot to, um, I guess, uh, fool the minds of women or mislead women into thinking of this narrative of the abused black woman. And that in his experience, this is not true. I don't remember if he ever mentions data to support it. I think that if you check the data, you will see that that is wrong. In fact, it's interesting that he uses the color purple as an example. Because in the color purple, there are how many leading women? There's uh, Celie, Nettie, the two main characters, Suge Avery. Uh, Mary Agnes and Sophia. That's five women. If I'm missing out on the, a the one who would played a major role, you actually saw a character arc for that person. I think it was just five. Of those five women, or maybe six, if I did, I miss out. Did I miss Sophia? If I did, it's six. Miss Sophia, played by Oprah Winfrey. So even in that cast of women, you have one out of five or one out of six, if, my, if I missed out on her, women who actually did live this lifestyle were a victim of, of uh, rape and molestation and abuse that he says doesn't exist. Just consider that. So much so that in an interview with Oprah Winfrey, she says that that role where she says, you told Harpo to beat me. That's one of her most famous lines. She says she did it in one take because it was her reality. A lot of what he says and is trying to do is in line with that new age of sort of putting men in the forefront, which was another thing that Shaharazad Ali was attempting to do. I think that where we're missing out is that both need to be done is that black men have hurt black women black women have hurt black men by and large it is a patriarchal society black men got the vote first black men allowed to work first he mentions that uh, you know black men are the most incarcerated black men uh don't receive much uh, social services, things of that nature. Uh, I will say, in my opinion, that is not the fault of women. It is the fault of a patriarchal system. He also mentions that in a divorce, usually it's the black men that get the children. That is the that is the fault of men themselves who have the belief that women belong with the child with the mothers, and so the court is set up in that way under patriarchy a lot of patriarchy does serve seem to serve women in that they see women in particular roles so some of those things will happen and it is statistically true that black men men in general commit more crime than women 
certainly more violent crime. I think he mentions that uh, oftentimes women will see, receive a lighter sentence than a man for the same crime. I will admit this is true. And there is a certain coddling of women within a patriarchal society, once again, as part of men seeing women as inferior and therefore more lenient towards them in certain aspects. I don't think this always applies to the black woman who we forget is often masculinized in our society. In fact, both black men and black women are not typically seen as human. They're dehumanized, thingified. In more modern times, some of that, some of that in certain aspects has gone away through much activism and much trying. But there's still the aspect of, you know, how men and they don't have to be high value black men judge women based on not just physical beauty in terms of what are the conventions of beauty but having permed hair lighter skin and you're not even counted as a black woman if you don't have a badonkadonk so let's not forget that there, there are these kinds of things happening there are you know he also faults women women for having children saying that now they have more choice than ever not to get pregnant as if there wasn't a stigma to abortion. It's heard all the time. So it's a difficult decision to make, especially when women are often making these decisions alone. Not to mention men, black men and white men, men in general, are raised to chase the cat. Right? And then once they get the girl, then suddenly she's a hoe. So I think what happens is that he fails to mention sort of many of these things. He takes the idea that women are, are getting more attention than men in the society and it's time to turn attention towards men. But if you really think about it, that's actually a white privilege sort of argument. It's like, why don't we have white history month? Well, you don't have white history month because we typically talk about white history as if normal. And that we never even mention American history as as of any color. But black history is. Well, it's the same thing with American black American history, where oftentimes, most of the time, we speak about the accomplishments of black men and leave out black women. Most of us or only three or four years ago that we learned that the reason why NASA was able to make it to the moon was because of the work of black women who were considered computers. They were, those were the names that they gave them and now are given to the machines that we use every day today. And the one I'm using right now to do this podcast. If you haven't read at the dark end of the street, you must read it because it's actually a story about how the civil, the modern civil rights movement, as we know it, of the 1950s and 60s, was the grassroots efforts of women. Same goes for the role of women in the Black Panther Party, often overlooked. Many of the contributions of black women are often overlooked. And when history is told, it is often told from a male point of view. I think 
what probably needs, what definitely, not probably, definitely needs to happen is the ending of the back and forth and making and making women feel like it should end with men and making men feel like it should end with women i think what kevin samuels has evoked what he's brought about what he has sort of got going again is a really healthy discourse however painful about the things that black men say about women to other men and what black women say about black men typically to other women and if they do say it to each other it's usually out of anger but these are things that do need to be said in a formal setting with moderation to be discussed so not that i agree with what kevin samuels is saying i don't agree actually with with what kevin samuels is saying but i really enjoy the platform that he has opened up where black women and black men, cis heterosexual black men and women, are finally being fully honest with each other without a politically correct filter and being afraid to say things because they'll hurt, you know, the other's feelings. And more often than not, another area in which he's right is the things that men really think about women. Oftentimes they will say it and it's sort of uh, known but it's certainly true that, you know, attractiveness, um, ability, all of these things contribute to people in relationships. And I think a lot of times he's talking to women, they're asking him the question, you know, how do I get a man who has X amount of money, X amount of skills outside the home and inside the home and is a good father and he has just labeled that he goes okay well that's what i would call a high value male in order for you to get this person this is what you need to do and he's gonna judge you based on your looks i think he's doing it rough i think he's doing it raw i think he's being really crude rude humiliating in the way that he's doing it and it helps his brand to do it that way because that people are gonna watch it more also i think that he appeals to what I would call a fringe group, I know he's ha he claims to have, an, it's obvious to see that he has millions of viewers and maybe hundreds of thousands of people calling in and subscribing to him. I still would say that that's a fringe group. I think that uh, there are many black people who are not necessarily interested in a traditional relationship. They're interested in one where there is a partnership, there is a working together, there is an ebb and a flow. Not one where the man brings home all the money and the woman stays at home, has babies and cleans the house. There are many who are looking for career, maybe even a rural lifestyle. Um, don't uphold patriarchy or capitalism or value these types of things in a person and in a relationship. I think that's also a growing, certainly it goes back to, you know, the communist history of black revolution and certain black African cultures. So I do think that he's speaking to a fringe group who don't necessarily look for these things. And those people wouldn't even be listening to Kevin Samuels. One thing I will say is that we know that, um, 
lot of times he's speaking to people who are looking for sort of these ready-made relationships a man who's already got the money a woman who's already got the looks you know of a certain age and i think that we've already seen very clearly that relationships simply aren't that simple and money isn't much of a factor in how successful your marriage is going to be we just watched bill gates uh, and jeff bezos get divorces uh, dr dre these are all billionaires we literally we watched will smith and jada lay their relationship out for the world to see where she confessed to having a relationship with another man while married and it wasn't necessarily an affair because i guess at that time they had separated but there you go all the money all the fame both good looking both high value all the things that the people who call into Kevin Samuels are looking for in a partner and it still winds up messy. There's all kinds of things you can do to try to make sure you end up in a right relationship. I think at the end of the day, you want to look for somebody that you love and you love when you're together. You want to grow old together. You'll love unconditionally. Someone that speaks to your soul. And that person might be fat. And that person might be broke. And that person might do all kinds of things that annoy you. But that's your person. And you want to love and live and raise children together. And be active in your community. There are so many disparities and so many adverse conditions as a result of living in a brutally racist system that is the United States of America that have caused all kinds of chasms between those relationships, all kinds of social engineering that have affected the black family. Not to mention mass incarceration. So there aren't even that many black men, certainly working class, much less, you know, you know, um, six figure black men available to women. We know that women are the most black women are the most educated, even amongst white women. So it makes sense that they would be looking for a, a man to match them. But just because you find them doesn't mean that it's going to be all hunky-dory. I think for us, it it's complicated. And Kevin Samuels does offer an option. And we need options. There's options all over the place. There's options within the NOI. Options within the Christian church. And probably a myriad of other books out there that you can read on how to find, date, each other how to heal and i think one thing that uh, kevin samuels does which is amazing and awesome and he should be lauded for it is that he advocates for therapy the importance of therapy in fact i think he's made it paramount to much of the conversations that he has that i've seen so far and that's 
once again, one of the, it's the linchpin to a lot of what we're going through, period, in relationship or out of relationship, is that we do need therapy. So that's my mini-sode. I think that I will try to do a larger episode on the topic of just black relationship because one thing that he has touched on is there is a dearth of information, of guidebooks on healing cis black heterosexual relationships and the things that we need to do individually as couples as a community in order to heal that family paradigm which includes parenting because we've we've lost out there as well with single not only just single parent homes i also work in the foster care system and there's so many I don't see any other, I don't see white kids in the foster care system where I live, in the inner city. Most of the kids that are in foster care are black and or Hispanic. So our kids are are missing out and they're being raised by who exactly? So that goes even further to create much more chasms between a breakdown in our relationships and in within the black community so that's what i have to say about that since i see that it's it's trending and that he is a controversial figure so there's no doubt that he's gonna use it in a capitalistic format to make money as himself he's not giving out free advice and he's not giving out therapy he's not taking sort of a iana van zant approach which he could do but that's not his brand and that's why I think in some ways he's a little more popular, especially while having written books as Elon Elon Van Zant has done. Nor have I seen him do any, um, what do you call those? Uh, self-help lectures, you know, like how they do. So he hasn't put himself out there in that way. He's, he His platform stays pretty much behind the camera and on social media. Were he to do the extras, maybe it might expand his his uh, reach more and his methodologies more but from what i understand for the most part he is trying to help and uh if you find another person besides kevin samuels who is creating a platform where we're actually being black women and black men are being candid with each other about what they actually want and what they don't like please show me that's all I have to say. That's this a mini sold. It's Shay, the hood good guy. This is Being Black on Earth, the podcast. If you have any questions or comments, you know where to reach me. My email, blackbeing at inorbit.com. There's the website, beingblackonearth.com. There's my Twitter page. I have two. It's at blackonearth as well as at Shay underscore E-Ray. That's double S-E underscore I-R-E. And my two Instagram pages, I have Being Black on Earth, as well as Shay Good Guy. That's double S-E, Good Guy, one word. Peace, y'all. So you guys look out for me and I'll be looking out for you. We're all we've got. We're all we've ever had.